Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Sometimes we don't realize, we think about blessing, we think that it's all about what we're receiving. We think about the monetary, uh, the, the monetary, we think about possessions and materials. We don't, but we don't tend to look at the afflictions as being a blessing. We can declare we're blessed in the city, we're blessed in the field, but can you say that I'm blessed when I'm afflicted and I'm blessed when I'm healed? We, we, no matter what our condition is, no matter what our circumstance is, our, our resolve needs to declare that I am blessed. The psalmist said in, 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 in Psalm 119.71, it says that I was, it was good that I was afflicted. It was a blessing unto me that I was afflicted. Because I learned your statutes. Listen. Being blessed is not about you being happy. Being blessed has nothing to do with that. I like the way that C.S. Lewis says it. He says, I'm not sure God wants us to be happy. I think he wants us to love and be loved. But we are like children thinking our toys will make us happy. And the whole world is our nursery. Something must drive us out of that nursery and into the lives of others. And that something is suffering. God wants a child's heart and a grown-up's head. Rightfully fitting the fact that we're going to be in Psalms today. We're going to be in Psalms today. I I I thought it was only right that I hit you guys off with a psalm of my own this morning. And, and, and started off like that. But uh, Psalm 119, verses 59 and 60 says this. It says, I thought about my ways, and I turned my feet to your testimonies. I made haste and did not delay to keep your commandments. That psalm shows me that he learned something about, like, if it was up to us, we'd have everything nice and smooth right? Everything would go just according to the way that we planned. I don't know about y'all, but yesterday I spent the whole day for my whole 18-year-old adult putting together a whole party for him, right? And, and things did not go according to the smooth plan that I had put together. I don't know if there's anybody out there that can relate to that. A whole party... And it's like, bro, like, I mean, I know those of you guys that are out there that are great planners, you guys got, got it all together. You put your calendars together. You got your list. You check, you check, you know, your little check marks and all that good stuff. Uh, you're like, you had 18 years to plan it. <laughs> so those of y'all that, that have, have young ones still, please start planning the party now. Okay. Just, 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 just so you know. But the psalmist said, when I looked at my ways, I hurried up and turned my feet to your command because uh, my way is not going to work. And for many of us, like, we, we, have, we haven't gotten to that point because we haven't gone through some things yet. 
Like, I'm, I'm super happy for my son that he's a whole adult now. And he's 18, but <laughs> baby, you ain't even got your feet wet. Right? Because I remember when I was 18, and I'm like, man, you know, that, that's what a lot of, a lot of young, young people, they can't wait till they're 18 because it's independence. But it's like your life, you have so much life ahead of you. So many lessons to learn. So many, so many things that I've learned from the time that I was that age up to this point in my walk with God. And with, when you walk with God from a young person into your elder years, man, you get to see some of the things that you wouldn't have ever seen otherwise. You get to see the goodness of God, how God is just good for no reason at all. Not because any of us deserve it, not because any of us have merited anything from him, but God is just good because that's who he is. And I don't worry about a thing, baby, because he going to meet all of my needs, baby. I mean, that's, those are the things that, like, I'm at the age now where I can, I can rock with the psalmist when he says, I've been young and I'm now old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor the seed begging bread. And so we're in Psalms. And if you guys don't know what a psalm is, a psalm, by definition, is a sacred song or a poem used in worship especially, especially one of the biblical hymns collected in the book of Psalms. So when we're reading Psalms, you guys got to understand that these are songs and prayers that are done in a musical fashion. They're not just words that we read in, 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 uh, off of pages that like they sound like they're full of a lot of wisdom and a lot of good information. No, these are actual songs. You're, you're seeing the, the saints of old, those that are, have gone on into glory and that they're part of the hall of faith, that are part of the, the great cloud of witnesses that are watching over us, that are cheering us on and, 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 and helping to encourage us to, to keep moving forward, pressing toward the mark of the high call. We're, 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 we, we're able to uh, get a peek into their personal and private time that they had between them and the Lord to utilize as fuel and encouragement for us to keep pressing forward. Psalms 127 is where we're going to read from today. Psalms 127. I won't be before you guys long. But these are sacred songs and poems. And so me, you know, I'm, I know most of you guys, you guys have known me to be you know, the, the, the Tuesday night teacher. A lot of you guys didn't know that my, my start was pretty much in music. You know, I was, I was a whole rapper. And, uh, you know, it cracks me up when I see uh, people talking about dudes that are in their 40s that are, that are rappers. And I'm like, uh, you know, we got a little game to offer if you, if you really got an ear to hear. But, um, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know what half of some of these young cats be talking about. But, uh, you know what I'm saying? You got not all of them is trash, but but you know there's a lot of trash out there. But just saying. <laughs> but these songs, man, and so me being a, a a music man of sorts, like what's what's so funny about it is Pastor talked last week about multiplication of blessings, right? When you when you take what it is that that you have and you ask God to bless it, that He will multiply it, right? And so for me, like, my, my thing for a long time was, like, I've, I've been rapping since I was in elementary school, right? And so that's all I, th I thought I was good at was, was just rapping. And 
Then I got to like basically my young adult years and uh, I met this dude named Dre for Christ, right? And this dude, Dre for Christ, used to go into juvenile hall and he'd go into the facilities and he wanted me to come with him. And he's like, man, I want you to come in here and do a couple of songs for these young, you know, come in here, my friend, and do, do a couple of songs for, for, the, for the young people, my friend. It'll, it'll bless them. You know what I'm saying? You got the word in your music. You got it. You got it. I was like, all right, Dre, I'll go and do it. And so I go in there with him. He bring in his, his big boom box. You know what I'm saying? We in there. He might, he might play like a little like Al Green or Winans or whatever for him. And then he's like, all right, bro, go ahead. You on. And then I go in there and I spit a couple of verses for the, for the young kids. And they was like, man, this is, this is dope. We didn't know, you know, blah, blah, blah. And long story short, one Tuesday, or one, I think it was a Tuesday night. One Tuesday night, he brings me in there. He's like, man, you ain't doing no song tonight. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you ain't doing no song tonight, my friend. You gonna, you gonna talk. And I'm like, bro, I, I don't talk, man. Just live, I, talk over, I talk over beats. I, th- that's what I'm gonna do. And slowly but surely, what I started seeing was that something that he was, he was looking at was the fact, he's like, bro, he's like, you can pray heck of good. You can rap heck of good, but he's like, that, that's also meant for you to speak. You're supposed to speak that stuff. And so I was like, I was fighting it for a long time. But then again, we was in there and I was like, he was like, you on, what, am I, what was I going to do? I was, I was there, you know what I'm saying? They, the doors is locked. I couldn't like just leave. So, <laughs> so thus is where rap multiplied into teaching the word of God and speaking the word of God. And so the more faithful that I was with it, the more God began to add to it. And so uh, long story short, being a young man, being married to the wife of my youth, we do what, is, what naturally comes along with that and we begin to have children of our own. And so uh, we have four whole children Four whole children. Well, actually, three whole children and one adult. All right? Three whole children and one adult. But mind you, we went from one to three. I have no clue how that math works, but one to three, and then four shortly after that. And what's been a blessing for me is that being able to see the transferring of gifts operating in my children. Not only that, but seeing them start with just a little baby, small gift, and then they give it to God, and God begins to multiply it. Multiplication keeps going, right? And so a lot of people have asked us, like, man, what is your formula? Like, how do you do this? And we're like, we, trust in Jesus. That's, that's the formula, trust in Jesus. And so I want to read to you guys kind of what our anchor has been through all these years. And it'll work for you, but you have to get the revelation of what God gives you according to what this scripture says. Amen? Psalm 127, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives his beloved sleep. Can I, can I stop right there for a second, please? Can I stop right there? It, it takes a whole lot of effort and a lot of work. I, I believe there was a prophet that once said, a chair is just a chair. Listen, 
a house is not a home, not a home, right? Raquel, a house is not a home without you, okay? So, so listen, it takes a lot of work to make a home, and at that, a godly home. Like, one of the, one of the things that you want to do is keep your house clean, right? You want to keep your house clean and keep it in order. That's why we have things like, like doormats, so you can dust your feet off, wipe your feet off before you come in the house, so you don't track in all the stuff that was out, that you was out in, into the house, right? So all the outside stuff stays outside stuff, right? Because we want our home to be a safe haven. Our home is a sanctuary. Our home is a safe place. And so for us, we, we, Raquel and I, we, we had purposed in our heart that our home was going to be a sanctuary. Like as for us in our house, we will serve the Lord. The presence of the Lord will be in our home. Our children will not have to worry about uh, or, or live in fear, but they can live in safety because the Lord is in our home. Regardless of, of hell or high water, regardless of the, 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 whether we're in blessing or whether we're in affliction, that there will be peace in our home because God is there. That's why you, that's why you can say that you're blessed whether, you're, whether you, you, you have a lot or whether you're being afflicted. It's because God is with you in both times. But many people kind of halfway put their faith in God. They kind of halfway put their trust in God. They kind of like, they'll, they'll like, they'll tack the Ten Commandments on their wall. But won't do the two commandments that Jesus said, right? Like, they, they'll, they'll have the Ten Commandments, like, thou should, like, I don't, they, 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 they have this, like, kind of rich young ruler type of, type of get down where it's like, I'll keep all of these, but, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to loving people or loving my neighbor as I love myself, Loving God with my whole heart, you know what I'm saying? Like, I kind of do it when, when it's convenient. And then they wonder why it is that they have no rest. They wonder why it is that they have no peace. And, and they, 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 they feel the need that, that, okay, the more I accumulate, the more safety they'll be. Like, I need more guns. No, but you need more guns, though. But, but I need more guns, Right? And, I, and, and that's because, I mean, like, I, I know I put my trust in God, but hey, like, you know, you make it past the first hedge, he's giving you into my hand. I'm just saying that. But, but listen, but you got people that, that they, they put their trust in their things. They put their trust in their abilities. And they're like the watchman that this just talking about. The watchman stays awake and he's staying awake in vain, trying to watch over all these things that he's accumulated. Not knowing that, like, you know, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. So unless the Lord is building this house, unless the Lord has laid out the blueprint by which you are building your house, you're laboring in vain. I shared, I shared with a group of men that, 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 um, that, that I'm studying with I shared with them, I said, man, you know, I, I literally had to be open and candid with my children about the fact that I don't know how to be a dad. I'm learning with you. I'm learning with you. And God has been so awesome in the process of me learning how to be a father that he's shown me the blessing in all of the mishaps and everything of how they've given me grace. What's so awesome about it is that I'm looking at my children and I remember when I was each one of their ages and they are light years ahead of where I was 
at that time, but God used somebody that was behind at that time to bring them light years ahead now. What is so weird? Because God takes the foolish things, the weak things, the despised things, to confound the wisdom that this world functions and operates in. So if you're out there today and you kind of like, man, I don't know what I'm doing either, you're in good company. Let the Lord build your house. Let the Lord build your house. Don't put your trust in all the things that you've accumulated. Don't put your trust in all of the, the materials and the accolades and the accomplishments that you count it all as dumb that you might win Christ and that you would know him and let him build your house. Verse 3, behold, children are a tax write-off from the Lord. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That was in the book of 2 Timothy chapter, I'm sorry. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Children are not a distraction from more important work. C.S. Lewis said that. The, the children are not a distraction from more important work. They are the most important work. Children are a lot of work. A lot of work. Like a lot of repeating yourself. A lot of, no, let, come on, let's go do this again. What is 45 plus, no, it's like, y'all seen that video? Like, what is seven times seven? No, Dwight, no. You know who 21 Savage is. <laughs> Todd Dollison. Ty Dollar Sign, that's who it is. But look. It's a lot, of, a lot of repetition. But sometimes we're so, we're so caught up in, in being grown that we forget that it's the same thing with God. How many times do we see in Scripture where he's like, again I say unto you, again I say unto you, remember this, remember that. Hey, tie it around your neck. Tie it around your neck. Post it on the doorpost before you leave the house. Read it when you wake up and before you go to bed. Because we forget. Because we forget. And there comes a point in time where we're like, we, we get to a place because we think that because we've been granted more responsibility or given a little bit more authority, that that means that we need to be less dependent. And we make that mistake. And the enemy will use that to create a wedge. Like our son, we, though he's 18 and he's, he's a full adult, we have, no, we have no desire to kick him out of the nest, right? That, like that, because for a lot of people, we knew some people that, that were like that, like as soon as they're 18, like they on their own, get up out of here, you know what I'm saying, go and do your thing. Our thing is like, look, man, God has always had the desire to bless us, right? He's not, he's not, he's not trying to teach us a lesson through cruelty, 
but his job is to be a good, it is his DNA to be a good, good father. To give the kingdom to his children. It is his good pleasure. So therefore, us as parents, we're to, we're to mimic and monitor that, and, and, uh, to, to mirror that. And so, in essence, with the fact that, that he's a full-grown adult, and by law, he could go out and do his own thing, our thing is like, bro, stay here as long as, 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 long as, you, as you need to and learn, because soap game as long as you can. You know what I'm saying? Because before the, the world is cruel enough. They're gonna treat they gonna they're gonna treat you how they're gonna treat you. But stay here where it's safe as long as you need to. Know that you can you can come back. You go out, bump your head, you come back. Slaughter the fatted calf, put on the ring in the row. Like we, we, it, that's that's what our job is. But our children are a lot of work, man. A lot of work. And so last night, you know, we kind of did, we did this life shower over, over Ivy. And uh, a lot of people got to say, like, a lot of good things, uh, a lot of good advice. Uh, he got to hear, you know, some things that he might have known that how he's affected people's lives and stuff like that. And, um, you know, Raquel and I, we got to, got to speak some words over him. And I was reminded last night of, you know, probably, I want to say maybe about, 10, 9, 10 years ago, uh, Ivy and Jericho, they were playing football. They were playing Pop Warner. And we ran into an old friend of ours from church, and he stopped and gave me a prophetic word that I was reminded of yesterday. And what it was is he was telling me about how Ivy, because I was kind of frustrated at that point in time. I was frustrated with how I was doing as a father how my kids were responding to me as a father, I was just frustrated. I was building my house, not according necessarily to the blue. I was kind of mixing stuff together. And I shared with, with some of the men that I studied with, I said, hey, man, you know, I, I took a little bit from Uncle Phil, took a little bit from James Evans. I took a little bit, from, you know what I mean? I took he, here and there to piece together what I thought a father is supposed to be. And it wasn't until I was able to really grasp the scriptures, really dig into to, to what we're reading right now and understand that God has a blueprint. Look unto me and learn of me. And so when, when, I, when I realized that that's what the blueprint is to, is to look to him and learn of him, I was reminded last night of a word that I got from this friend of ours. And he says, you and your son are going to be playing a lifelong game of catch. And I was like, well, I, I, I didn't really comprehend. He says, listen, he says, the conversations that you have with him, he might not understand it right now. He might even drop some of the things that you, that you toss to him. But eventually, he's going to get the rhythm and he's going to catch it. And it'll be a lifelong game of catch back and forth. And so I want to encourage you guys that that's often what it's like. Like some, thing, some things can be taught, other things have to be caught. But if you stay consistent with it, if you stay in practice with it, if you don't give up, you'll be blessed. 
You know, there was once a man in conversation, and he professes, he says, I have 12 sons. And his friend answered, that's exactly the number of Jacob. And he says, yes, and I have Jacob's God to enable me to sustain them. I pray that this posture and attitude would be in all of you and it would bring comfort to all of us because no matter what situation we're in, if we find ourselves facing a giant, we have this God that, that David had when he slayed the giant. If we have the trials of Job, sure enough believe that we have the God who brought Job through every one of those trials with us. You know, it's, that's not to say that the saying is true that God doesn't give you more than you, No, he does give you more than you can handle so that way you can rely on the community that he's placed you in. He gives you more than you can handle because if, if, if he didn't give us more than we can handle, then there would be no need for scriptures like bear one another's burdens. I got this. Nah, I don't need no spot. I got this. No, he allows things to come on us in a sense and, and, and that's more than we can handle. But the way that you know that it's more than you can handle is because it manifests itself in being overwhelmed, right? And God doesn't desire for you to be overwhelmed. He desires for you to, to recognize that as an indicator that you need to call on your brethren. Are you following? Except the Lord build a house. Verse four, still talking about the children, right? Children are a heritage from the Lord. Like arrows, verse four, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. Or another, another translation says, blessed is the man who has his quiver full. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. I've always thought that was a dope verse. Because it's talking about, this is, this is to give us indication. I know it sounds kind of weird in the way that it's phrased, in the way that it's worded. But what it's saying is, is that when you raise your, when you train up your children in the way that they should go, when you train them up, it's literally like arrows that are in a quiver of a warrior. What does that mean? Well, we know that arrows for an archer who is a warrior, they help him to defend and fight against the enemies, even at long range. Like, you can't look at your kids right now. You got to have vision for long range, right? Because I'm seeing things in my children now that I didn't see years ago. Like, I, like I, I have a daughter who's, who's, who's serving in the worship team, and she started playing, playing the piano for Elevate on, on, on Thursday nights, but I didn't see that a couple of years ago. This is like stuff that's all of a sudden, like a multiplication that has come out of nowhere because of other things that she's been doing in secret. So we, we as parents, we have to have the long-range vision. We have to have the long-range vision. And so they're like arrows that are in the quiver of a, of a warrior. And it says that you will not be put to shame, and they will deal with your enemies in the gate. That means that in your old age, that your children will fulfill the, the, the scripture that says that they will rise up and call you blessed. 
That means that when, when you're in old age and you don't have the same vigor that you had when you were in your youth and you don't have the same strength, maybe, maybe your eyes have gone a little bit dim. Maybe your hearing isn't quite as well as it, as it used to be, that your children will come up and stand before you and they will stand and they will deal making sure that people aren't trying to take advantage of you. That just the same way that you took care of them as a godly parent, that in your old age, they will come and take care of you. In all of the, the, the festivities of yesterday and all of the life showering, the most blessed part of the day was not necessarily getting to speak over our son, but when our, our son stood up at the end and spoke over me and his mother. He said things about us that I didn't, I, I was not even expecting him to say that. It was like, all these years that I didn't think you were getting it. All these years that I felt like I was just speaking to the air. And it, <laughs> all these years, and, and he, he, he rose up and blessed us. And it made every affliction, every trial, every disappointment, every letdown worth all of the pain because it gave purpose to the pain. What I need you to understand is that young people are arrows. They are arrows. And you may be sitting in here and you're like, man, well, I ain't got no arrows. Or all my arrows are gone. I guarantee you if you look around in your community, there is no shortage of arrows. Even within this church, there's no shortage of arrows. That wayward Rogue warriors have just dropped and left by the wayside and abandoned and that have given up the fight, waiting for, for, for a, 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 a proper warrior to come along. So what am I saying to you today? I'm saying to you, go ahead and arm yourselves for battle. Look around and find some arrows. Arm yourselves for battle. Because there's plenty of arrows that have been abandoned. Because warriors have given up the fight. Arrows waiting to be given direction. Arrows waiting to be aimed and released into their purpose. As I close... We have to arm ourselves for battle. We have to have long-range vision. Ask God to, 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 to give us the vision to show us what direction to aim our children in. One last, one last thought about uh, my son Ivy is uh, probably maybe, I guess, earlier last school year, uh, before the whole pandemic situation, um, 
I woke up, I had like a vivid dream. I, I, and I know it was a prophetic dream because again, like I said, I, I, I've wrestled for a long time with this whole thing of being a father. It's just, it's so, it's so crazy to me to see the fact that God would take somebody who had an orphan heart to father children the way that, that he has called them to be fathered. But he does that. And so I had this dream that I went up to the school that Ivy was going to. And I ran into one of my old classmates who happened to be a teacher up there. And in the dream, he's like, hey, man, what's going on, man? He's like, uh, I, I, I've been seeing your son up here. He's like, he pulls out this camcorder. and He's like, hey, man, I got something to show you. And I automatically was like, man, what, what has this boy been up here doing? And so he shows me this video footage that he took of, of Ivy. And it was just like clear as day. I remember it. It was like vivid. And basically, Ivy had gone and stood up on the edge of this ledge. And it had to have been probably about like a good maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 feet off the ground. And he stands up on it backwards and then backflips off of it. And my heart dropped. Like, even in my sleep, I could feel my heart drop. And Ivy lands the flip. And so I wake up from the dream. And immediately the Lord starts talking to me. He says... You see how he landed that? Like, he obviously practiced this. He obviously had calculated and he had done what he needed to in order to execute this feat. The reason your heart dropped was because to you it was reckless. To you, you didn't know what was going on. But I knew what was going on. And he has his own relationship with me. You desire to control everything, but I'm the one that's in control. So stop worrying about him. Stop losing sleep over him and know that I have him. I found that encouraging because it was hard because I'm like, man, I don't like stuff being, I don't like being on roller coasters. I don't like being on stuff that is out of my control. Right? I don't like going on rides. I don't get on rides. Because I don't like being I don't like being out of control. But I, I had to I had to, to to metabolize that for a while and break that down and meditate on it constantly. And I discussed it with my wife. And she's like, Yeah, that's yeah, that's 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 accurate. She she bore witness with it. And so ultimately the thing was is that we had to trust in the fact that we've done our part in instilling the word of God in him. We've showed him how to have a relationship, a real relevant relationship with God by having our own real relevant relationship with God. Not just telling him that you need to have a real relevant relationship with God, but we showed him. Like he sees us digging through the scriptures. He sees us praying for one another. He sees us taking communion. He sees us living out how we are here at home. Can I, say, can I say that again? Parents, your children need to see you living out at home the same way that you are here. 
And so we had to trust that we took this arrow and we aimed it in the direction that God designed, that we could release him into his purpose and into his destiny. And now he's working out his own salvation. And we're going to do the same with the other three. Remember, we've been, we've been looking through Psalms, the sacred poems and songs of the saints. I want to end with this, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. What some of you guys might not know is that another translation says that, that, that it substitutes masterpiece for his workmanship. We are his workmanship, meaning that he has crafted us with his hands and by his word and by his design and by his mind. He has crafted us and he has fearfully and wonderfully made us. But the word that you get the workmanship from is the word poema, which we get our word poem from. And so yesterday was marked by the release of our first poem and song that Raquel and I have written together. Each one of you are a poem that has been released to go out and fill the earth with the sound of the glory of God. Amen? So go out and let your song be heard. Go out and be the workmanship of his hand so you can fulfill and do the good work that he has set for your life long ago. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Give him some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right now, I just want to give a call out. If you're in here and, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, today's your day. You can get that taken care of right now. You can come up here to the altar and we pray. We're not going, I'm not going to ask anybody to bow their heads, close their eyes. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, today's your day. What are you waiting for? Don't wait, don't delay, because he has good work that he has set aside specifically for you to accomplish long before you even knew about it. If that's you, I want to invite you to come up to the front so we can pray with you this morning. My second petition is this. Maybe you're in here and you're like, you know, I'm, I'm, one, I'm one of those arrows that, that's just been by the wayside. We got grown people that are arrows that have been left by the wayside. We can get that taken care of today. You can come up here to the altar and, and, and the Lord will show you what your purpose and your destiny is. He will aim you in the right direction. He will make sure that you hit the target that he designed you for. 
If that's you, I want you to come up to the altar so we can pray with you this morning. Is there anybody like that in here? Anybody? All hearts and minds clear? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you have laid out the blueprint for our home, that you are building our house. We thank you for giving us ears to hear what tool is needed for the, for the job. We thank you for giving us eyes to see the finished piece, that we're able to see the whole picture, Lord, that we're not getting stuck just looking at our current circumstance and situation, but we're seeing long range that you've given us vision that surpasses our circumstances. Father, we thank you for your peace being multiplied in our home. We thank you for giving us the direction on how to raise and train up our children in the way that they should go, that when they are old, they will not depart from it. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for being so so merciful and kind unto each and every one of us. But most of all, Father, we ask that you would multiply your grace upon our lives, that we would live out the masterpiece that you designed us to be. That we would live as we are, are recreated in Christ to do the good works that you have called us to a long time ago. Let us be your poem let us be your song that fills this earth with the sound of your glory, Lord. That those that are in darkness and despair would come into your marvelous light and receive hope and salvation. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we ask this in the mighty, magnificent, and matchless name of your son, Jesus. We say amen and amen. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.